0: On the Grit and Grace podcast, we shine the spotlight on the stories behind the leader. My eldest daughter has started a business called Sweet Dreams Ice Cream. When she comes to you with a business idea, what does that look like? How can I not mow the way perfect for her, but having her figure out these little pieces of the puzzle? Today, I'm sitting down with Lauren Francis. At 16 years old, she started Superfin Aquatics, a business that has serviced thousands of kids and adults to find their confidence in and out of the water through swimming. She talks about how she's had to learn to let go and allow her team to steer the daily operations so that this has given her the bandwidth to launch another successful company, Lo & Co. In this episode, we go deep into the themes. How do you empower entrepreneurship in kids? How do you lead as a mentor so that they learn all of the right skills? And when you do start young, How do you grow with your business? And how do you know when it's time to let go and start anew? Uh, Lauren, thank you for joining us today. Um, Thank you for having me. Absolutely. It's a joy. Um, I am so inspired by your journey and story. I don't know of anyone who's actually traveled the path that you've traveled and specifically starting a company at the age of 16, of which is still in business today, 26 years later. And also launching another venture on top of that. So I think there's a lot to talk about. And really, the first question I have for you is really centered around this theme of trusting the entrepreneurial calling. Mm-hmm. You were 16 years old when you started your first company. Yeah. How did you know you wanted to do this? Uh, what was it inside of you that sort of initiated this beginning for you? I. I think it was trusting my heart and as I say my heart, I put my hand on my guts because it's trusting my guts and knowing that I was really strong. I was a strong leader in the water for so many swimmers and I knew that I had something to offer and it was something different maybe that another instructor in the area had to offer. I knew I could highlight other people's strengths and teach them something that was going to take them from the water into the rest of their lives. So you kind of saw it as a bigger problem to solve. It was being able to connect with people and light the way for them, highlight for them. Maybe they struggled in lessons in a different setting, but in the private setting, I could show them how amazing that they were. I think if there's any parents out there listening and their kids are demonstrating qualities of being an entrepreneur, a self-starter, identifying a problem and wanting to fix it. Like, how did your parents foster this mindset in you? My parents, specifically my dad, was somebody who always talked about work ethic. And you have a passion, you need to find people to pay you for that passion. He was a very corporate in Mm -hmm. his professional choices. I think somewhat out of fear, he had a family. He had to have that biweekly paycheck. But what he saw in me was maybe a second chance Mm -hmm. for him to say, you are so strong in these areas. Go out and make it happen. Go out and work. We were always taught that with hard work, our special secret sauce would pay off. And it really has. And trusting those little inklings of really great feedback from a customer. Okay, I'm doing it right. I can keep going and building on this. Yeah, I think sometimes people think you, you have to know how to do everything. And that stops them from even starting. That is exactly it. You do not have to have a plan. This is not business school 101. <laughs> you have to start before you're ready and then iterate as you go. Yeah. Almost like a little exit interview. Every time I would leave a lesson is like, what went really well? What can I do better next time in order to create A, B, or C? Mm -hmm. And I think, I know, I've never really had a huge detailed plan. I've had a huge plan for everything I've ever done. But along the way, the little breadcrumbs revealed themselves on how I was going to put it together. But you're intuitive enough to listen to that. Yeah but get real world feedback from the customer, um, and iterate every day. And that, I mean, if you're starting something at 16 years old, um, talk me through growing with that business. Cause I'm assuming you're hiring people, maybe they're your friends. What are some of the kind of pivotal lessons that you learned as you had to grow with your business? So from 16 to 18, I did it all myself, actually for much longer. But it was at 18, 19 that I hired people. And I hired people because the waiting list was just so overwhelming. This was pre-even email. This was calling people on the phone: hey, do you want to sign up for lessons? And I would have this like, Written list and how I really grew was seeing around me who else was teaching. Okay, hey, do you want to come on over to Superfin Aquatics? We've got a little bit of a special thing going on. We're going to people's backyards. Oh, this is cool. I don't have to go to the community center and work. So, just these little extra pieces of our puzzle that made our connection with our students and the families in the area so important. And hiring friends. I did it. And it worked. It worked well. I've never seen myself as a boss. I've always seen myself as a leader in the space. But information flowed from the top to the bottom and the bottom to the top. I was never somebody who was sitting there at the head of a table, always sitting on the ground with everybody. You know, these are the transferable skills we talk about a lot in in tech and startups. It's, you know, being willing to you know, go first, being willing to be in the discovery, in the decision-making, in the work with your team. Yes, Um, I think these are invaluable lessons. It's obvious that it was just very natural and they, they obviously saw you as the leader, right? Yes. Jump before you're ready. I mean, that's contextually what Superfin Aquatics did, but taking this into life, mm-hmm. jump before you're ready. The universe is going to catch you. If you have the answer in your gut, in your heart, and in your mind, and you know you want to move forward with something, or you see that in someone young around you, encourage it. I have two daughters. My eldest daughter has started a business called Sweet Dreams Ice Cream. And oh. how old is your daughter? She's eight. So she started her business at, she was seven, and then her first pop-up, actually, her first pop-up was just before her eighth birthday. So she's obviously seeing you model all of this. And when she comes to you with a business idea, what does that look like? It looks like... First, a big deep breath. I know it's going to be work on her father and my end. But then I say, this is mentoring. Mm-hmm. This is not me saying you should go out and follow A, B, and C to become an entrepreneur. This is her seeing mom and her dad and my husband doing it for ourselves. And this is my biggest reward. Um, It looks like in my head, going through the Rolodex of connections I have, how can I not mow the way perfect for her but how can I connect her and have her do the work how can I walk beside her without holding her hand and having her figure out these little pieces of the puzzle how can I connect her to a company I know called happy pops where she can reach out for a wholesale order how can I connect her to the people that I know that are doing a pop-up that I know it's going to be a good fit but also how can I connect her and maybe they're going to say no and that's okay too. But there's something that you said that jumped out at me, which is how can I connect her so that she's able to do a reach out? Yes. Like she's doing the work that's required. I'm whether it's pitching an idea yeah. or asking for, you know, money. Yeah. Yes. She's doing all of the work. She, Exactly. And I think that's something really important. My parents with myself. We didn't get handouts. My parents didn't even have a lot of connections, but they believed in me mm-hmm. relentlessly, even when I didn't believe in myself. And I think that's so important. You have to start with a little bit of false confidence in order to roll the snowball forward. And... um Being a person who can mentor others isn't about giving them all of the answers, but holding up a mirror or a flashlight, or I like to use the analogy of being a lighthouse Mm -hmm. to shine on the things that someone may be able to do. Do you teach her the value of money in her entrepreneurial adventure? And how do you do that? Yes, we have. Mm -hmm. Um, That's something that was a challenge for me. So it's something that when I reflect on the early days Mm -hmm. of my first business what i want to pay forward to her is that she understands How much every product she's selling costs, Mm -hmm. that she's counting the money, that she's using the POS. I've shown her how to use, we use Square, how to use it, what everything costs and what your layout was, what's your overhead. She didn't make anything from this first pop-up. That's also okay because the learning is in okay, next time I'm not going to buy so many popsicles on a rainy Saturday in May. (laughs) So it's just these practical experiences in terms of financial literacy that you have to fall before you figure it all out. You know, part of growing for your business is ultimately there was a time for you to let go of your swimming business and move on to what you're into now, um, which we'll go into in a second. But talk me through that, just that little, that pivot point and how did you know what was in the mix and how did you ultimately make that decision for yourself i felt it in my guts far earlier than i actually let go Mm -hmm. i felt it when i was 30 and i knew that i needed to move myself out of the water i needed to become the person that was really leading the team rather than working in the team and leading And I held on too long. Mm -hmm. And it was when the pandemic hit that I knew the easiest decision I ever made was to close the indoor location for the swim school. And then I had an amazing opportunity to allow the operations to be given to one of the instructors. And she's fabulous, she's so organized. And she said to me at one point about a year in, Lauren, Let me do this. And it was then that I thought, okay, listen, I have to follow what I actually believe and not hold on so tight. And it's when I, my mantra that year was let it go and let it flow. And that was about two and a half years ago. And holding on so tight to something wasn't a value for the swim school or myself. I wasn't giving my team the agency to do what they needed to do in an efficient, effective way when I was in there. Mm Mm-hmm. I think sometimes I see this, it's like we we get stuck to an old process yes, and we need to evolve into a new process and we're not quite ready to do that, but others around us are ready to do that. Um, We're stuck in old pricing and old customer dynamics and the team or the company is saying, no, it's like, it's time to update uh, the way we're doing business update the software. Mm -hmm. Yes. I I hadn't hit that update software on myself and the business in a very long time. And it feels so freeing and it's run so much smoother without me. Well, it's good that you can say that. It's hard. People don't always say that. And so as you think about like the next chapter, Mm -hmm. Did it happen right away for you? Did you give yourself some time to think about what was going to be next? Like, how do you go from letting go to now I've just built a whole new business? It happened simultaneously. The let go of one thing opened up gates in space for the creativity of something else to grow. And in my heart for the past decade, I wasn't creating and feeling fulfilled that way. And then Low & Co. came in at a time when I needed it to, when it gave me time to sit and create beautiful things that at first seemed a little bit frivolous, but what it showed me is that when you let go of something, the doors open in another really beautiful, amazing way in order to really be able to connect in ways that are so much different to your creative side and did that come in the form of you know you were meeting new people um you were just exploring uh jewelry is a whole like huge space like did you did you know how big it was did you know how competitive the space was going to be and what it would take to actually thrive in that I've always had this real thought that every space is so competitive and so saturated Mm -hmm. and every single person has their own secret sauce to be able to carve their own way in the space. So I just started creating and with me when someone buys something or they sign up for a lesson that's my feedback okay the breadcrumb is there let's keep following it let's keep going and I knew my story with jewelry was all about the stories that they're all different we have these unique pieces how can I create how can I really get down to my roots in this bohemian universe has your back sort of way and create and carve out a path that's a bit of a different one than your average jewelry retail brand and and did you find when you were like having that vision so obviously you're having product market fit customers responding did you find it easy to find your niche I did Mm -hmm. I really did and I think when I pull myself up and out and I look at the bird's eye view it's because I'm in the right space and right place doing what I should be doing What I love about Lo & Co, the jewelry side, is connecting with other women in business. Mm -hmm. And I think with Superfin, what I desperately wanted to do was to do these really cool events where all of these amazing women-led businesses came together. But I always thought, how am I going to do that with a swim school? I can't really do this amazingly curated pop-up with us in our bathing suits and no pool. So this way... I've been able to create these really cool and organic relationships and connections with the jewelry business as sort of the front for it, right. And it's more about the the connection and the community. yes yeah but you've done like you're making this sound a little understated can you just name some big brands that you've worked with here well i when i think back on everything and it hasn't really been that long Mm -hmm. i've been able to work with um the birds papaya and reitman's essie nail polish bondi sand skincare Mm. pretty little thing um And those events have been these awesome creation stations. I've called them Make Your Own Magic. And it's basically we come, all the loose beads and jewels get set up that speaks to the brand and tells the story of the brand. And everyone gets to create their own bespoke bracelet. And we tie up and talk to everybody about crystals and all the good, juicy stuff that we love And it's been really cool to be able to be involved in big, beautiful brands, but also creating for people who want to help tell their own story. When we think about starting another business, um, you know, finding the creativity, finding the energy, finding the stamina, things are expanding for you in a big way. How do you find the balance in it all? This time around, accepting help. So I really feel as an entrepreneur, you know, what's right for your business. You know, the blueprint in which it's going, but being open to production help, being open to supply help, being open to admin and virtual assisting tasks, social media tasks, we are not strong. My strength is jumping feet first into my vision. My strength isn't a lot of the other pieces of the puzzle and first time around, I tried to do it all myself. Second time I've scaled so quickly because I've been open to the right help stepping in when needed. And is there a system that you follow? Like, how do you go about finding these people? What, what sort of advice do you have for people who say? I need to do it. I don't know if I trust other people, but, um, the trusting other people piece, go with your gut. Your first answer, what you feel in your mind, body, soul is always going to be right. That might not be what my brother in business school 101 says, but that is the way that I feel for my business. Mm -hmm. You know what's right. If this person feels like a fit and they've shown you alignment or their true colors that are going to be a great partnership, I say trust it because we can walk around really skeptical with our cloak on Mm -hmm. because we think we can do it all ourselves, but just trusting. And then also you can have a nice little contract in place for one month, two months, three months. If you're working with a subcontractor that you don't have to continue that relationship. I mean, sometimes we feel like we made a decision. We have to stick with that decision um, versus we can make a decision and pivot. Yes. as we go yes you know what that also means you have to let people go and that's mm-hmm. not the easy thing to do for people yeah but you have to recognize that too if you made a decision you hired somebody you brought them on it is not what you thought it's okay yes it's okay to let them go yes because absolutely. you have to protect all of your employees and yeah. everything that you have set out to do yeah the only person that knows what's best for your business in the direction you're going to take it is you. Mm-hmm. So people can always give you their two cents. If they haven't walked the same jewelry path or swim school path, they don't know. They can give you guidance, but I'll give you a little an example. Yeah. People always said to me, Well, when, when are you gonna open a bricks and mortar for the jewelry business for low and co? Never. I'm not. That's not my next goal, my next success. I want to be nimble. I want to be fluid. I want to be everywhere. Mm -hmm. And my feeling about having a bricks and mortar is that I can't be everywhere because I'm tied to that geographical location. That's not right for everybody, but it's right for me. It's right for you. It's right for this chapter. It's right for this time. Yeah. Uh, Would you ever imagine changing your mind on that? I'm going to say no, but Mm -hmm. stranger things have happened. I feel that I really learned my lesson with having the indoor pool at Superfin and being very tethered to something that part of the business was not profitable. And it was 14 years and it was the pandemic that made me realize, okay, Lauren, that is dead in the water. Um, So I said to myself, I will not have a space that I have to be responsible for from a financial, a staffing point again, that is on such a a nine to five Mm -hmm. basis. Mm -hmm. I want to be nimble. Well, it also opens like in the digital world, yes. you, can, you know, sell a lot more online. Absolutely. There's, a whole new way of, there's a whole new way to have to think about going to market when you know you're not doing it that way. Yes. Right. Yeah. So it's kind of like, I'm not going to do it in the traditional way. So I have to invent in this whole different way, different way yeah. um, so that. I can be flexible in my life. Yeah. And flexibility through the channels at which Lo & Co. has set up, that we do these experiences where people make their own bracelets, Mm -hmm. but we also do pop-ups, charitable uh, partnerships. So there's just so much more bandwidth for me to be able to be so many different places when it's not at a specific location. That being said, I love the partnerships that we have with our bricks and mortar from a wholesale standpoint. Um, so I guess let's just kind of summarize the loan & Co chapter. Yeah. What have you been surprised by or that was easier? And what have you been surprised by that was harder on launching your second business? Easier? was the quickness at which I was able to just trust my decision-making and know that it's all going to work out. Not being as fixed in my brain about the A, B, C, and D, Mm -hmm. but that A would lead me to D and I would iterate and figure out. Confidence is built on trust over time. Yes. And you you had a proven track record with yourself. Mm -hmm. Um, Okay. Harder it's something that I'm working through right now. It is production and inventory. It's wonderful to sell out, but it's also this really interesting sticky part in your mind about how much is too much to work on to produce of a certain line. I'm really having an inventory struggle. Mm -hmm. I feel really happy that I'm having that struggle, but it's, when they say inventory and your bottom line are the struggles of a retail business, that is what it is. It's, do I want to sell out or do I want to have stuff potentially left in the workshop? So that is where my struggle is. And I never thought that would be a hard thing. I thought, oh my gosh, selling out's amazing. But then people are disappointed. <laughs> right. And I, I think it's just like extending yourself, overextending yourself uh, yeah. with your cash, your, you know. Yes. Yeah. All the pieces of it. Okay. Yeah. So Lauren, as we think about Lone Co's next chapter, Mm -hmm. what's the vision? The vision is being able to put myself in places and spaces that are going to take me geographically to different spots with it. So this coming weekend, I'm doing a really amazing pinch me event that I know is going to land me able to take low & Co more nationally and internationally. So just being nimble and able to go where the wind blows with it when the right opportunities come up. Well, I think you've, your story has given us all a lot to think about. I think a couple of things that just jumped out at me. First and foremost, your parents really pushing and supporting you with that belief. And I think for all parents, we can ask ourselves Am I fostering that within my own children? And specifically, I love the way you talked about your daughter. So it's like I can make the connections, but teaching her how to do the sales pitch, teaching her how to value the money, teaching her how to ask for the order through that process. That's pretty amazing. I want other kids, other young people to see you can carve your own way professionally. Mm -hmm. It doesn't have to look like um, what... A nine to five, what I thought it should be. You can do your own thing. Many things can come together and professionally, it will be a success for you. Okay. And so to the aspiring 16 year olds or the parents of the 16 year olds, what are two tips? If you look back on Lauren of in the last 20 years, what are the tips you'd give her? Just go for it. Just do the thing that brings you passion and joy that lights you up from the inside out, because that is what is going to light up the people around you Mm -hmm. and do it scared. Really? Unless it's really unsafe, do things scared. I mean, I think it's always going to be scary. The the big misconception is it doesn't feel scary. Yeah. So tip number one, do it. Tip number two, do it feeling afraid. Do it feeling afraid. It's going to work out. Yeah. Or you'll learn something. Abs- and that's working out, <laughs> and that's right? working out. Yes, yes, yeah. I actually think tip number three is, even if it doesn't work out, it worked it's, out. Exactly. So long as you learned something. Yes, yes, absolutely. And so Lauren, when people want to follow you, where can they find you? Um, I would say most currently at Lo and Company on Instagram, and Co designs, uh, dot net. And yeah, that's where I am. Summertime Superfin Aquatics, if you're in like the Toronto area. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you for coming on. That was wonderful.